joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello and welcome to another hour of Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, your host. And today we're going to talk about something that's going to get you started fresh for the new year. Um, because with the envelopment of the new year, there's all these things that we worry about that we need to do, and we start the whole process all over about stressing ourselves out about stuff we can't possibly conceive or uh, or see past. And so my guest today is Sandy Fowler, and Sandy is a, a, a expert in helping us to figure out how to eliminate that stress from our lives and and really um, live a life that is really, truly blissful. She's passionate about de-stressing. Oh, la, 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 I can't talk today. I'm so sorry, you guys. Sandy is passionate about de-stressing lives. And from the tips she shares on, she has a radio show as well, from the tips she shares on her radio show to activities in one of her new books that she's got, she has um, just written, Sandy is always focused on helping women and a few smart men weed out stress and create more joy in their life. And that's what the Blissful Living Show is all about. And she has experienced the transformation from being worn out, being a worn out wife, mom, business owner, just superwoman running, you know, running every day like that gerbil on the wheel or the hamster we see on those exercise wheels that just keep going and going and going and going nowhere and going to bed with a to-do list as long as her arm and then having a guilt trip about the size um, of, of, you know, as large as the state of Michigan to living an exciting life filled with time for her family and her friends and the things that she most enjoys. And so she is the author of Beyond Eggnog and Mistletoe, Creating a Stress-Free Holiday Season You'll Love. And and because she has a wealth of information, I'm just going to say, Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rochelle. I am honored to be here, and I am so excited about chatting with you today and helping people set themselves up for the most amazing year. Well, we are very, very, very excited to have you because, as we all know, we put these these little stresses on ourselves that actually we we envelop in into ourselves and make them way bigger than they need to be. And they don't even need to be stressful. You know, we start thinking about things and then the thought creates a stress, you know, a stressful moment for us, so to speak, because we don't know how we're going to handle about the, handle the things that we're thinking about that have, haven't even manifested yet. It's all this, you know, this whole, you know, fear-based type of thing. And so because you are an expert in this area, I just want to, you know, start off by asking you, um, when it comes to the new year, what is one thing or what is something that someone can begin to do that will help them get a handle on the stress 
that may that they may be creating themselves that they may be creating for themselves in this new year? That is a great question, Rochelle, and you actually have already touched on a little piece of what I would include in the answer, which is our thoughts. You said, you know, our thoughts can create stress, and that really is where most of our stress comes from. It's not the thing that happens, and don't get me wrong, unpleasant things happen in our lives, and difficult things happen in our lives, but the thing itself isn't what creates the stress. It's our interpretation, our judgment of it, our thoughts about what can happen because of it. So even something as simple as creating New Year's resolutions, seriously, that is a huge stress creator for people because of our thoughts about it. You know, number one, there's, oh, my gosh, I have to make New Year's resolutions. Everyone's asking me, what are my resolutions? The new year is here. I should be making myself better. I should be fixing my faults. I should be fixing my flaws. I got to do the things I haven't been doing. I got to stop doing the things that I shouldn't be doing. And if I don't do that, well, then I'm a failure. So, okay, so here are my resolutions. And then, you know, we just created all of that craziness, right? Even in creating the resolution, there's all this, this craziness. And then you have this thing hanging over your head because, most of us treat these New Year's resolutions as something that's going to fix us, something that's going to fix our life. Now, we don't necessarily say that. We say, oh, you know, this will make me healthier or this will make me happier. This will, this will be good. And, the, and they're not, it's not that they're bad things that we're attempting to do. It's, again, the way we think about them. It's sort of this, I'm going to create a quick fix. Right. So the biggest thing in terms of creating stress in our lives is if we can start with our thoughts and our expectations that we're creating for ourselves. And I don't even like to say keep it realistic. What I like to do is to say keep it happy. Keep it as something that you enjoy, that you can do in your life. And so if you want to, we can talk about a little bit about how to make a, a New Year's resolution that, that works, that makes sense. I like that. I, you know, because, you know, it's kind of like when you hear people, what's your, new, what's your New Year's resolution? What's your New Year's resolution? What's your New Year's resolution? And, um, you know, I work out and I go to the gym. And you see in the beginning of the year, you see all these people that come in you know, when you're a regular person working out, you know that time of the year because you know that by March these people will have fallen off their New Year's resolution put so much <laughs> on themselves and to, that they have to go do it. And then and then they feel bad because they set up an unreal expectation of what's going to work for them in their life. And then by March they've fallen off. And, and, and it's like this perpetual cycle that never gets fulfilled. And each year they do it, they put more and more, they feel more and more stressed about it because they have failed at it so many times. And so I like how you're saying that just, you know, don't do that. Just, you know, just, just go with the flow. Don't do that. And don't put that, don't put on you what is not necessarily going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. And before you add anything to your life, the first thing is to see if there's room in your life. One of the, one of the, and there are a couple of reasons, but one of the big reasons that this whole I'm going to exercise and eat right thing fails for most of us very quickly is 
we add a bunch of work to an already full calendar. You were commenting on it during that, that introduction, which is very nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's always kind of interesting to hear someone else look at your life and, and talk about it that way. But the, the thing that prompted me and initially started me out on that path of helping, like you said, not just women, there are some smart guys. I just, I find that, um, the women tend right. to speak up more and right. say, I need help with this, this right. distressing thing. But right. the thing that prompted me to do that was that just having too much in my life. It was when I, I first started, my mom, when I started my first business, I'd been a stay-at-home and homeschooling mom, and suddenly um, we turned our lives upside down. My husband decided to quit his job, and I was going to start a business. And so I just went, okay, that's fine. You know, I can... I have plenty of time. I can just add this on. And I I never took the time to think about, you know, how much time anything takes. And I just kept going, well, I can do this. If I just manage my time better, I can do it. And time management can help a lot. But the first thing you have to do is make sure that you what you're expecting yourself to do fits in a 24-hour day. Right. So before you decide, I'm going to go to the gym and just going, well, you know, I I can just go right after work. Really? Seriously? What do you do after work right now? Right. And when are you going to do that? And if you do that someplace else, then when are you going to do that? And it's not okay in most cases. There there are certainly some rare exceptions. But in the vast majority of cases, what's not okay is to go, well, I'm just, you know, I'll just take it out of my downtime. Because we don't really have typically very much downtime. Right. And we need what we need time to relax. We need time to socialize. We need time to do hobbies, to read a book, to walk in the woods, to play basketball with a friend, to hit that little ball around on the golf course. If you find that relaxing, I personally don't. I find it very frustrating. Me too. Girl, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 hitting a ball with a stick, I don't care what game it is, it's just not fun. <laughs> I, I'm not good at it, not going to be relaxing. But right. watching other people hit a ball with a stick, okay, that works. <laughs> so, you know, so number one is, again, it's, it's that the thoughts in your head, like you said at the beginning of the show so wisely, what are you thinking about? What are your expectations? So when you go to make those New Year's resolutions, one, make sure that whatever it is you're going to do, it really fits into your life and usually the thing that helps with that as well as making sure that there's time is not trying to make some huge change just create one new habit i read this book it's a wonderful book especially if you're thinking new year's resolutions and you struggle with that concept it's called uh-huh. the slight edge uh-huh. and it's a it it talks about a lot of things but one of the the lesson that i came out of it mostly was we make a thousand little decisions every day that move our life in one direction or another. Mm-hmm. We choose to do things. We choose not to do things. We choose to eat the apple when we're hungry in the afternoon, or we choose to eat the candy bar. It's not really a monumental decision. But when I eat an apple every afternoon, that's going to carry my health in a different direction than if I eat a candy bar every afternoon. Right. And neither one is going to make or break my health or make or break my life. But one little decision, another little decision, 
those add up. So if you can take one little decision and just change that one little one, something that feels good. When I teach people about doing New Year's resolutions, I mm-hmm. teach them to do what I do because I hate New Year's resolutions. Truthfully, right. I, I do. <laughs> so I changed that whole process for myself, and I don't necessarily do it at New Year. I do it whenever. But I, th- I think about, okay, what part of my you know, what what little habit, what part of my life would I like to make a change in? And I go, you know, okay, what is it about that that I want to change? So instead of going, oh, I want to exercise. No, that's not true. I never want to exercise. Right. <laughs> right. So basically, Sandy, what you're saying is, I, I just want to, I just want to emphasize this for the listeners. So what you're saying is, before you even jump out of the gate with my New Year's New Year's resolution is X, Y, and Z. Really, the first step is really to take a look at what you do on a daily basis and to see how that New Year's resolution is going to easily fit into your already normal flow of life. Because if it doesn't easily fit into your already normal flow of life, it's going to create a stressor for you that didn't exist before because now you're going to be stressing because you want to fit this in, but you're not sure you can. And, And then eventually, after a while, it becomes so um, difficult or so hard to manage that you just give up and then thus those are the people that by March are not at the gym. So basically you're saying to start with taking a look at your life, what you want to do, and to see exactly where you're going to fit it in so that it doesn't disrupt your normal flow. And that's how you. That's one of yeah. the ways that you'll reduce the stress and then be successful with what you're trying to incorporate as well, right? Exactly. Very, very well said. I love it. You know, because I'm like, we can go on. Me and you is just like, oh, we can go on. But I, you know, I want to, I always tell my listeners, and, and I didn't do that this time, but you guys, you know me by now. Pull up in your favorite, well, if you're driving, of course, pull over, relax, get out a piece of paper and a pen so you can take notes. If you're in your office at home, somewhere where you can sit back in a comfortable chair, get some pe- paper and a pencil or a pen, pull up, um, you know, sit with your favorite beverage, a nice cup of tea, lavender tea or jasmine tea or, you know, something that you love to drink that's yummy, a cup of hot chocolate or whatever the case may be, and really absorb this information because we want you to start your year off right without any undue stress that is really not necessary. And so... Now that I've set that piece and reminded you guys to do that, we're going to flow forward with Sandy because, as you can tell, she's just bubbling with this information. She's like this effervescent. Like when you when you shake open a soda can and you crack it open and it splutes out, that's what Sandy is. She can't be telling her voice. She's got all this energy and she wants to share as much as with us as possible. And I want you guys to be able to document and have the notes to go back to follow because I want you to have a very nice, and very relaxing year this year. So it can be phenomenally fabulous. So, okay, Sandy, so now go on. Keep continuing on with um, the aspect of, um, uh, what were we, what were you just, you were saying something. Moving on to expectations. Yes, expectations. Resolutions. Mm-hmm. So yes. the first one is that whole time and calendar. It's really kind of a logistical piece. You can make it very simple and, and just sit down with the calendar. It's what I call taking a snapshot of your life and going, do I really have time for this? The, the second piece of it is, you know, what are you expecting yourself to do? What fits in your life? So 
instead of going, I need to exercise, or I, and it's not even need, we go, oh, yeah, I want to exercise. Like I said, for me, I know that's never true. That is never something I want to do. But I want more energy. You know, I spend a lot of time sitting. I'm talking to clients on the phone, doing coaching sessions. I'm doing interviews via the phone or via the Internet. I'm typing. I'm recording. I spend a lot of time sitting on my butt. And, you know, once you pass 40 and you sit on your butt for a long time, your energy levels go down and your butt gets bigger. You know, all those things happen. So it's like, I don't want to exercise, but I do want more energy. I do want to feel better overall. It's not like it's a crummy, but, you know, I, I like that feeling from after being up, being moving, eating healthy. I like the way I feel when those, when I'm doing those things. So, one year, I decided, you know, I'm looking at this, and I went, okay, so what if I plan on exercising, but we're going to make it really tiny. We're going to go, okay, so you get up and you do 15 minutes of calisthenics mm-hmm. each morning. But it felt like this huge weight. Just just 15 minutes, which I had time for, felt awful. Could I make myself do it? Yep, by sheer will, I'm sure I could for a while. So I went, okay, obviously I just don't really want to do the exercise thing, but (laughs) what else could I do that would help me to feel better, get more energy? And I went, you know what? I I could eat better meals. I do okay for breakfast and lunch. I'm more on my own. I don't have the family to feed and all of that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But then the craziness comes in, and I'm and I'm trying to feed people who have different tastes. And my husband's a meat and potatoes guy, and I'm not so much. And when you're rushing around at the last minute, it's like, you know, the dinners aren't so great. Right. So what if? I started doing my menu planning again, and I'm going to actually, on the weekend, I'm going to make up a plan for Monday through Thursday dinners. I'm going to make sure I've got all my fresh fruits and veggies in the house and my brown rice that I can cook up so, you know, I can make three cups of it and throw it in a container in the fridge and nuke it when I want some. And what if I did all that? It was actually a lot more work than my 15 minutes a day because I'm going to plan meals and I'm going to grocery shop and I'm going to have everything here. But it felt good in my gut. So the second piece of creating change in our life and in New Year's resolution is creating a change in your life is to do a gut check and go, how does that feel? And if it doesn't feel good in your gut, it's not a good resolution to make because you're setting yourself up to fail. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to do those morning calisthenics out of sheer willpower. Right. And that's never going to create lasting change in your life. It's never going to create a new habit when you have something like that that you're just pushing through. So if you get to the root of what you want and find a tiny step, it doesn't have to be big. It could be the 15 minutes of calisthenics. It could be something really simple. It could be, if you're going to work on a relationship, it could be something as simple as I'm going to get a cup of coffee for my husband every morning. That's not a huge thing. I can manage that. But you know what? He feels so much better when he wakes up in the morning and there's a cup of coffee sitting there waiting for him or there's a pot of coffee, you know, waiting for him or Uh whatever. So don't think it's got to be monumental. You know, tiny changes make a big difference. I love this story. This is great. My mother-in-law told me this story. It was about her mother. Uh-huh. She was getting older and noticed she was gaining you know, a little bit of weight. This wasn't a huge thing, but 
she went, you know, okay, I need to do something about this, right? And most of us go, oh, my gosh, I've got to lose weight. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to lose this weight. Right. This very intelligent woman said, I'm going to stop putting sugar in my coffee in the morning. And that's the only change she made. And I will grant you, it was over the course of a year, but she lost five pounds. By just not putting that teaspoon or two of sugar in her coffee in the morning. Right. Can you make that kind of a change in your life? And the thing about what's so fabulous about that is it wasn't like she had this, you know, this huge thing that she was doing that made this, you know, that made her life a little bit better, so to speak, with the loss of the weight. Um, It was something simple. It It was just one thing, one little change that she decided to incorporate that was something simple that didn't add a whole bunch of stress to her life because it wasn't this huge undertaking of this big, huge, traumatic, challenging, life world-changing thing. It was just something simple that she decided to do. And then at the end of that year, you know, the benefit was she lost five pounds without even trying. Right. And that's beautiful. I mean, that's 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 what we're striving to help you guys with is you don't have to make a huge metamorphic change you know you don't have to become the the caterpillar that's in the cocoon and come in and and become this beautiful butterfly this huge metamorphic change you don't have to do that to have significant improvement in the way you live your life you just can start with something really small well and the thing is Rochelle is it's not even as much as the changes that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I know some people will be listening and going, but I want more than that little change. Okay, that little change in that one area is only part of the picture. The big change you got was you eliminated the huge amounts of stress, the self-confidence destroyer of failing at your New Year's resolutions. That's a huge change because – now you're doing something small and you're going, you know, and I feel good about this. And then you can always add another small thing. But even though you don't realize it, when you eradicated that bit of stress from your life, you improved the other areas. You created more joy. You got more ideas, more energy, more creativity. Those things will all be working better because you're not beating yourself up about a failure over something that, shouldn't have been in your life in the first place. Yeah, and, I, and I don't think failure is a bad thing when we're talking about trying something new and taking a step forward. Right. This is a totally different kind of failure. This is, it's emotional blackmail against ourselves. <laughs> you know? It really it's, is. You're right. I like how you said no that. There's no purpose yeah. to that. There, there's no reason to set yourself up for it. Let's set ourselves up for joy, for success, for happiness. Go out, if you're going to fail, go out and fail at something great, at something useful. You right. know, be Einstein and go, I'm trying this experiment and I'm going to work at this until it fails because I'm going to learn something from it. That's a great failure. Beating yourself up because you didn't get on the exercise bike or you drove right past the gym because you couldn't stand <laughs> the thought of stopping. Where's the benefit in that? There's no benefit. So let's, let's skip that one. 
Oh, I like it, you guys. See how see how insightful Sandy is. I mean, you know, we're talking like real term here, real real stuff, real things that people do. She's she's calling you guys on this because I know there are some of you out there that have put up, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to lose twenty five, thirty, fifty, whatever pounds, you know, and um you know, that moment you drove past the gym when you know you should have turned into that parking lot, but you're like, mm, I'm not really feeling the gym today. I'm not, I think I'm going to go on over to Starbucks and, you know, I'll walk later. We're calling you out on it. <laughs> I love and it. And I can do that because I, I'm, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't face these things myself, too. I, even though I've been doing this work for a long time, I still run up against these things. Oh, I just yes. recognize it faster, and I have learned that it is worth biting the bullet and doing the hard thing or, you know, making a decision. I I got a wonderful gift. One of my advertisers on my radio show, she created this belly dance program. It's called Sharky. Uh-huh. And it's really cool. And she sent me a complimentary copy of the video to use myself. I would have loved to have started doing that before Christmas, and that was my original intention. When it arrived in the mail, I went, oh, this will be great because this might be actually fun exercise to do, right? I might have a good time with this. And very quickly, I just realized, I said, this is a busy season for me for work. It's a busy season personally in in the sense that I create a lot of space in my life to mm-hmm be with my family and when I'm with them to, you know, to fully be with them, to enjoy the season. So if this is just an obligation, it was like a new year's resolution. So I just went, okay, you know, this is not going to happen now. I'll do it in the new year. But then I also went, and am I going to do this to exercise? And I went, no, I'm not going to put that on myself. I talked to my two girls. I have two teenage girls. I said, you know, guys, we like to spend some time together. What do you think of this? And they went, oh, my gosh, that looks so cool. So we're going to do this as a girl time thing. Oh, how cool. And, you know, so we'll set up some girl time and whatever happens, happens. If we do it for 10 minutes, we do it for 10 minutes. If we're having fun and we do it for an hour, we do it for an hour. If it happens once a week, fine. You know, we're just going to go with the flow with it here in the new year and see what happens. But I not create that, that huge expectation. Oh, see, I like that. And I like the fact that you are incorporating um, not necessarily accountability buddies with your, you know, your two teenage daughters, because you know they will hold, I know they will hold you accountable. Oh, yes. But, <laughs> Mom, you said you could do this uh-huh. with us. And they the will, computer. And they will worry the heck out of you until you get off that computer, get off your fanny, and get in there and start moving those hips and belly dancing, right? Um, But the fun part of it is, you know, you got the girls, they're going to hold you accountable, which is great. But also, it's a fun activity that you get to do with your teenage girls, which is also, like, great. Because, you know, when people, when kids get to be teenagers, sometimes they just don't want to hang out with mommy. You know what I mean, or mommy and daddy. They just don't want to. So the fact that you guys got this activity that you're going to do, you're going to get a little exercise, you'll be laughing. I know I can see it now, the three of you will be laughing at each other. It's going to be so fun and hysterical, and you're going to have a good time, which is going to want you, which is going to help you to do it more, to continue. So, because it's going to be fun. And that's what I think, you know, with any New Year's resolution, that we put upon ourselves, whether it's a business goal you're trying to achieve or, you know, a life goal or a spiritual goal or whatever, I think if you can add a little funness to it, make it a fun activity, 
you're more likely to be a little bit more successful. Well, and it's going back to that why. I'm not going to do that because it's exercise. Right. That's actually the side benefit. I'm going to do it because it's a great, fun way to spend time with my girls. That is, for me, that is a high priority in my life. Back eons ago, when I started that first business and found that I didn't have time to just sit down and relax and tuck my girls in at night and read that book without feeling like, well, number one, not necessarily even being there to do it some nights, and number two, not feeling like I could relax and enjoy it. That was the eye-opener that really got me started on going beyond basic time management and going, how do you solve the real problem? And coming up with some simple, quick techniques people can use and that I can do with people to help them find that, which is the other thing I'd love to talk about if we could a little bit, Rochelle, is we talked about the New Year's resolutions, but it's also a fresh start time of year. You know, New Year's and fall are those two times to sort of have a fresh start. But, again, we always fall back into that, okay, it's the New Year and I'm going to make resolutions and add stuff to my life. Right. And I, I do something called fresh start magic, which is a super, super simple thing. It's not always easy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because yeah. There, there can be some really difficult decisions to be made. You know, we've got to make those choices about things, right? Right. We don't always like to have choices. Free will can be a real bugger sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but this is a great time of year. Because you are essentially evaluating the priorities to go, you know, what have I taken on? What have I brought into my life? What are my priorities, my real priorities in my life? And where do I see them showing up on my calendar? You know, I said, I made that comment about my kids and my husband. That's really my number one priority. Mm-hmm. But at that one point in my life, if you look at my calendar, I, if I wrote down everything I was doing during the day, you wouldn't have seen very much of that. You would have seen this little tiny space where I was whipping together food to throw on the table. Not that I was making a dinner for my family or enjoying that process at all, no matter whether I'm doing something fancy or super simple. To me, if I'm if I'm doing that for my family, I should be able to relax a little bit and enjoy that time I'm doing it. I wasn't tucking them in at night and doing the books. I wasn't part of the homeschooling anymore. I'd gotten right. pushed out of that. I wanted to be part of that. I love that. So, you know, what are your priorities and do they show up on the calendar? And, okay, well, what is on my calendar? You know, what responsibilities have I taken on? Uh, where do I have time for things that really fill me up, things that take care of me? Or And those things that fill you up may be things that take care of you, or they may be times you're taking care of someone else, because that can fill us up too. But look at your calendar and go, what's on here? Because as adults, we pick up responsibilities, and we pick up activities, and they're great, and they're wonderful, and they have a place in our life. But sometimes we forget that our life changes, and sometimes we've outgrown some, and it's somebody else's turn to be able to do that piece. So this is is a great time to do that fresh start and clear out your calendar the same way that you clear out a closet or a drawer. Okay, you guys, here, this is something you want to write down. Clear out your calendar at the same exact way as you would clear out a closet or a drawer. Number one, go ahead on, Sandy. 
Lay okay, it on. Okay, go through the process. I'd be thrilled to. I didn't, yes, <laughs> didn't want to hijack there. Okay, oh, so <laughs> just just think of this literally the same way you would that closet or drawer. We all know how to do that. You pull the drawer out, or you pull the stuff out of the closet, and as it comes out, you go, okay. These are the things that I know absolutely I want to keep. These are the things I know absolutely I want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And these things I'm not entirely sure yet, but let me see if there's room in the drawer for it after I put it back together. So each item comes out and it goes into one of those three piles. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to donate it to somebody else, let them have it, or I'm not sure yet. And if you want, you can actually take the things that are on your calendar and write them on a sticky note or a three-by-five card or scrap paper and then literally put those into piles. Mm-hmm. And I did this. I did this with sticky notes on a wall. I went to my dining room and I created a grid on the wall mm-hmm. with simple sticky notes. And went, here's Monday. You know, I did a calendar. Here's Monday through Friday. Right. And here is 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. And then I put things on half, each sticky note was a half an hour. So if I had a meeting on Thursday for an hour, it got two sticky notes, 7 o'clock and 7.30, there was a sticky note. Uh And I just kept putting them up there so that I could see how much stuff I had, you know. So you can take these things, you go, it goes in the pile. I absolutely want it, I'm donating it, or I'm not sure. When you have the pile of things you absolutely want, start writing them in on your calendar. You can do it with paper and pencil. Don't use pen because our life is fluid. <laughs> you, you could do paper and pencil or you can do my little sticky note process so that you can just move them around real easily. Even my like, work. I like the sticky note. It, 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 I'm, I'm, I, I'm one of those kind of people that, you know, will write in pen. And uh-huh. if I use, uh, just, just because, you know, no particular reason, but if I use a sticky note and I've written in pen and I need to make a change, I know I can throw that sticky note away, get another one, and yes. plop it in where it needs to go. Yeah, sticky notes you can do in pen. The calendar, you can't. Because <laughs> you just, you got to be able to move it. Exactly. you got to be able to be fluid and have, have an ability to go with the flow and change things. So, yeah, so, you know, make your grid on the table, on the wall, whatever you want to do. I'm visual, so that worked well for me. Um, and if you're really an organizer, you can go one step further and use different color sticky notes so that you have one color for personal, another color for, like, work or for volunteer activities, another color for, um, like, personal care. Right now when I said personal the first time, that would be, like, family obligations or, you know, you, you help take care of a roommate or parents or anything like that. That would sort of be the, the family, close friends, your, your inner circle type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you could have work or you could have volunteer stuff and you could have, you know, where am I taking care of me and filling back up? So, but you don't have to do that. What you got to do is go, here are the things I absolutely want in my life and here's where they fit. If you have room after you do that, mm-hmm. then you can start looking at your pile of things that you go, you know, I'm not sure of. But before something from the I'm not sure pile goes on the calendar, you have to you have to take a little time and evaluate that and go, does this still fit in my life? You know, how does this support the most important priorities of my life? I say that these are my priorities. Well, where does this thing fit in? And if it doesn't, it should go in the donation pile. 
If it does, go ahead and put it on the calendar. Nice, 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 nice information. I like that because I don't, you know how we, you know how we think in our head with our calendar, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, you think about it in your head, (coughs) excuse me, but until you actually physically see it, like with the stickies everywhere and what you can do and where you can move things and what you what you need to eliminate and what's just taking time but it's not beneficial to your life plan or, you know, whatever case or what you feel obligated to but doesn't really is not no longer warm and juicy and yummy to you. When you put that on a sticky note, it's so easy to see it, right? And then yeah. to make the adjustments. You or or say if you don't use a sticky note and you just have a big calendar and you're writing a pencil or whatever system you utilize. I like the sticky notes because it's easy to move and change things or eliminate things without making a whole huge reconstruction project of the calendar. But (laughs) um, until you see it up there on the wall with all the sticky notes, you don't get it. And then you're like, wow, all that clutter is actually inside my head that I'm trying to manage. And I've been doing all this stuff. I've been doing these things that don't really serve my life purpose or what I want to do, but I've just been doing them because I've been doing them forever. And, you know, or they're just draining and exhausting to me and I don't need to do them anymore. I need to, I, now I can see where and how I can eliminate them. And I think that yeah, is. Let it go. It, one of the hardest things for, um, busy people. Oh, I would say big hearted people mm-hmm. to do is to let go of something that is an obligation in their life. Right. For example, when I did this process the first time on the wall in the dining room, I was very, very heavily involved in a volunteer group, in a, a volunteer activity. Mm-hmm. I held leadership position. I was I was leading a team of leaders plus, you know, doing my weekly meetings and whatever. And it was very valuable work. And I also didn't see who would take that over if I dropped the ball on that. On top of that, I knew that the woman who was one step up from me would end up having to pick up my slack if I said I'm not going to do this anymore. And so the decision to not do that was brutal. But two things happened. One was I, I did make that decision because as I went through my pot, well, I, I didn't tell you guys the story. Okay, so I, I did this. I created sticky notes. The first thing I did was write out the half-hour sticky notes for everything that I was doing and wanted to be doing. So that was everything from making dinner, grocery shopping, bedtime stories, to creating, learning how to run a business. I didn't know how to run a business. Right. To continue the business I'd started to get that all going, to continue my training, to also, and I didn't even put in there anything that would take care of me or fill me up. You've got to be kidding me. I didn't even <laughs> write those down. Right. And so I filled up this calendar from 5 a.m. to 10 or 11 at night, and I am not a nighttime person. I am a morning person. So I don't mind the 5 a.m., but I really mind the 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night stuff. Right. I filled the wall, and I had a stack of sticky notes left in my hand. And so that's when I got into that, okay, you know, what stays, what goes. And I put the very basics in there first, and then I had my stack of notes where I went, 
Okay, these are things that could stay or could go. You know, they're not basic life necessities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I started evaluating those according to my priorities. And the fact is, is that my work in that group, my priorities had shifted in the last few, you know, it was like three or four months. My priorities had changed. When I decided to start a business, that was now taking care of my family and taking care of me, which were two big priorities. And the work I had been doing in that group no longer served the same need in me. Right. And I, and I talked to I talked to the woman above me. We went through all of these things. It was, this was not an easy decision. It took me time to make it. When I made the decision, what was really interesting is that, yes, for a little while, she did pick up that slack. But somebody else chose to step up. Somebody who you might not necessarily identify immediately as a quote-unquote leader. But this woman felt, she just sort of felt like, you know, this is, this is time for me to do this. And it was amazing because she was doing so much of a better job at it than I was because I was just cramming it in. I was right. no longer really being of great service to these women I was supposed to be leading and taking care of because it wasn't the right priority for me anymore. So by opening that space, it let someone else come in and do a better job than I was doing, which is always a little humbling. You know, we go, oh, if I don't right. do it, no one's going to do it. Right. Well, or they're not going to do it as good as I do it. Right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, sometimes they got it. We've got to make some difficult decisions. And I'm not saying just walk in and quit everything you're doing. I'm just saying give a little thought to what's on your calendar. Just go, you know, do I still love playing softball? I've been doing this for 15 years because I joined the softball team. Is this still fun? Is it still something I like to do? Right. Is it still a good fit in my current life? And if the answer is yes, great. Put it in that I'm going to keep it pile. And if it's not, donate it. And that's why I call it a donate pile. It's not the trash pile. It's the donate pile because you're giving that space and that room and that opportunity to somebody else. Oh, for I them like that. To step up. That's beautiful. I like I like how you say donate it and not necessarily ditch it in the trash, throw it in the round file and let it go. You're saying donate it. And I like how you how you're emphasizing by donating it you're actually opening up space for someone else. And I also like how you're really pointing out to people that because we all do this. And as you were speaking, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm doing this and doing this and doing this. And I'm really, like, doing it out of obligation because I've been doing it for these things for a long time, volunteering and giving my time and all that. When I first started doing it, yes, it served a purpose. It served me. But, okay, 15 years later, it doesn't. I'm just really doing it because I've been doing it. You know what I mean? And it really is something that I can let go or these are some things that I can let go, open up space to allow someone else to come in. Basically, I'm gifting them these opportunities because I'm going to give them up and I'm opening up space to allow someone else to come in that is vibrant and energetic about whatever it is and they can take the ball and run with it further because right now I'm not running with it. I'm I'm stuck in I'm stuck in the end zone. I can't I can't get back <laughs> to the yard line, right? Because I'm not I'm it's you know, for me I'm not even trying. You know what I mean? It just I'm okay at, at being at the two yard line. But when I first started doing it, I wanted to get to the other the you know, the end zone to score score the touchdown. 
And so it's okay if I give the ball to someone else so to speak, and let that person run to the end zone. I know I've given my part. I've done my share. I'm passing the torch on to someone that's more energetic, youthful, and vibrant about the mission, and we'll do fabulous. And then that leaves space for me to go find something else that's going to create that warm, fuzzy feeling for me that I'm going to be feeling helpful and that I'm beneficial and energized about that's actually going to fit into my life better and be more in line with what my life is right now. So I like how you're saying you're not really giving it up. You're really just passing it on. You're gifting it to someone so they can take it further than you can. I love that. Wonderfully, wonderfully said, Rochelle. And the other thing that's really beautiful about that process is you use the word there, obligations. Mm -hmm. And it can feel like obligations in this weight. Well, as you go through this fresh start process, and you can do it really quickly. Don't get me wrong. You don't always have to make this as huge introspection. Sometimes you can just whip through your calendar real quick and just, again, we're talking about cleaning out a drawer or a closet. You know, sometimes it's a huge project, and sometimes you just whip through it and, and freshen it up, and, and that's enough for the moment. Right. But if you're doing it and you're taking a little time to do that introspection, what's really interesting is one of the things that happens is things that felt heavy and felt like – um, an obligation, you know, because that word just feels heavy. Right. Sometimes, even though you can, you choose to continue doing it, it no longer feels like an obligation. It becomes what I call um, a chosen item, a chosen obligation, a chosen priority. It could be something like, okay, this is going to be a little gross for a moment, but it could be scooping dog poop, right? <laughs> You got to do it. <laughs> exactly. You know, having the dog is important to me. It does so much for me. That's where I get exercise because he is part border collie. He has got to go out at minimum, even at 10, bare minimum, one mile every day and a couple of days a week. we got to get out to the woods and just go. So that gets me outdoors several times a day, and I get some fresh air. Right. And he's, you know, he's loving and he's affectionate, and he will let me sit and pet him, which is soothing. And, you know, research shows that lowers our blood pressure, and that de-stresses us. So there are all these wonderful things about having the dog. I don't love cleaning up the dog poo, but when I'm going through my calendar and I come up with scoop dog poop, now that I stopped and I thought about it and I went, okay, this dog is part of my life, and I love having him as part of my life. Suddenly, that doesn't seem like such a big problem anymore. So now when I see it on my calendar, I gave myself a different context because now I don't see it as, oh, I have to go out in the yard and do this. I start seeing it as, oh, yeah, I, I do. I love having this dog in my life. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I connected an unpleasant task with the piece of my life that it's part of. And I also can go, okay, you know what? I really don't like doing this, but I love having the dog, so I'm going to hire out and hire the neighbor kid to scoop the poop. (laughs) You can make these other choices. And it's kind of a silly example, but everyone gets it. Same thing as changing a baby's diaper. Seriously, who likes to change the diaper? Mm -hmm. But when my girls were babies, I would do this whole, you know, it's giggling and blow zerbits into their belly buttons, and we would play at the changing table after you did the disgusting part. So it shifted the way I thought and the way I felt about this to make it something that is, if not joyful, at least not bringing down my energy. Right. 
So doing this process, sometimes you'll decide, yeah, that obligation's got to go, and sometimes you go, you know, this this obligation's kind of cool, actually. I It brings joy to me. It brings happiness, or it's letting me bring a joy to somebody else. You know, maybe your obligation is that you have to go mow your parents' lawn once a week. But once you go through it and you're looking at it, you have to think about, do I want to keep this in my life or don't I? Mm-hmm. And you start going, well, why am I doing this? Why do I do this? Well, I do this because I care about my parents. And this really helps them out, and they appreciate it. And then we always sit down, and we have a cup of coffee or a glass of iced tea afterward, and we get to visit. And, you know, I like that connection. Yeah. And it's a good thing. And so, again, you you shift your mindset. You shift it back to the very beginning when you brought up the way we think about things. You've taken stress out of your life because you are no longer got to go mow the lawn you are like you know i feel really good about this i'm I'm caring for people i love oh that's beautiful it again you guys it just re-emphasizes the point that if you if you create space um by eliminating those things in your life that no longer serve you so to speak and the only way that you can really truly see that is by doing the exercise that Sandy Sandy discussed with the post-it notes in your calendar um, because that gives you a, a real good visualization of how your day, how your week, how your month is. And you can see, you can physically, visually see this stuff with the post-it notes. You're like, okay, I have this I'm doing. I have that I'm doing. They no longer serve me. Let me gift them. Let me let them go and let me donate that that space or that time to someone else, so to speak, and it creates this opening for you. When you do that, and what Sandy is saying, you see that sometimes, you know, in in the midst of the joy of everything, you have to do, like she was saying, you, you love the baby, you love the dog, you don't like necessarily cleaning the poopy diapers or scooping up the dog poop, but that's just one little minute thing. The joy and peace, and restorative processes that the other aspects of the whole being give to you, like the dog or, and I love animals, you know, or the baby, I love babies too, um, you know, so you have to do that one little thing, but, you know, that's 1% of the overall aspect of the joy that it's going to bring into your life. And so she, Sandy is just, she's just really streamlining everything for you to really help you create the space in your life in the new year, in this new year, that will allow you to open up areas that you thought were once closed and to fulfill them with things that are going to be successful for you to continue to follow because you're going to get joy out of doing it and it's not going to be something that you're going to stress about doing like that dreaded New Year's resolution to go to the gym every day and try and lose 50 pounds, you know, Um, and and it doesn't fit in your lifestyle. It's just... It's just going to have a phenomenal impact on how you proceed forward from this from this moment from the from this blissful living hour from from the rest of you know the part of your day from the rest of, for the rest of the month week for the rest of the week month and year so vitally important information here it seems so com- simplex because she's talking it in terms we can completely understand and visualize and relate to but when you really think about it what she's saying is is just extremely, extremely useful information and easy for us to do and use. 
and and I'm I'm in just awe with you know how how simplex she's explained things, but um, how real they relate to all of our lives. Just fabulous, Sandy. Fabulous. Okay, so now um, let me see. I know. You know, we you have this this thing that you've termed the gimme syndrome. <laughs> yeah. How can we avoid first of all, tell us what the gimme syndrome is and then tell us how we can avoid the gimme syndrome. Well, I first started talking about it in terms of our children. Mm-hmm. And we have all seen this primarily birthdays and Christmas are the times where you see it. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Evidently. Yes. It's it's just, it's ugly. It's the I want, it's all about me, my presence, my gifts. What am I getting? How much am I getting? And all of that. What I have really come to realize in working with it is that it's not, number one, it's not just the kids who get it. It's the adults, too. We just aren't as vocal about it. We tend to keep it more inside of our head. Mm-hmm. And it, it can happen any time of year, but it it really comes up primarily at, at those times when people are trying to be generous, which is kind of funny to me because it's a dichotomy, right? People are trying to be nice, and it creates something really ugly. Right. The main contributor that I see when it comes to our children, and people don't like to hear this, so I'm going to warn you. Right. <laughs> You're very much probably not going to like this. The main contributing factor is the adults in that child's life. Oh, I agree, 100%. And, and I don't mean that it's because you're an adult who goes around going, gimme, 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 I want, I want, I want. You can be an incredible, loving, giving, charitable, amazing human being. But as we start to roll toward the kid's birthday, you, know, you get four or six weeks out from that, or Thanksgiving starts to roll around, and you start to say, hmm, have you written a letter to Santa? What are you going to ask Santa for this mm-hmm. year? Oh, you got to make up a birthday list. You know, where, where's your wish list? I, people are, as the parent, you might say, people are asking me what to get you for your birthday. Mm-hmm. Or the grandparents, meaning well, because they don't know necessarily what to get for kids. And especially the older they get, the more right. challenging that becomes. So in, with great intentions, you go, where's your wish list? What do you want? Well, if you think back, even for yourself, I know it's kind of embarrassing, but <laughs> I've, I've had that experience where I'm living my life and I'm absolutely perfectly happy and content with what's in it. I mean, from a stuff standpoint, right? There's really nothing else I, quote unquote, want or need. But these very generous, well-meaning people are going, give me a list. Right. So I sit down and I'm thinking, well, what else do I want? And now I have this list of things I want. And my birthday or Christmas or Mother's Day or whatever it is comes and goes. And I've gotten some lovely presents. I'm totally grateful and very appreciative of what I got, the time and effort it took, the money they spent, all of that. Uh And there's still this stuff over here that I told myself I want that I didn't get. So I still want it. And that is the seed of the gimme syndrome. 
So as a society and as a culture, we promote this. We go, where is your wedding registry? Where is your gift list for your birthday? Write your letter to Santa. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? The antidote to that is stop doing those things. If you're a well-meaning parent, I'm sorry to say this is going to be more work for you because what you need to do is start watching and paying attention throughout the year or a few months ahead of time and actually make yourself a list. Put it on your smartphone, put it on your computer, carry it on a three-by-five card in your wallet, one kid on each side or two cards so you have room for each kid, whatever that is. But start jotting down ideas and thoughts. And when you're doing that, if you can also take just a little bit of time and think about the people who are giving and think about their gifts their talents, and if you can write down maybe some experiential presence, so, you know, if they're a woodworker and you know your kid loves nature, maybe suggest that they get together with them for an afternoon and make a birdhouse, or that they take my, one of my sisters-in-law took one of my girls out one day, they spent the whole day just beachcombing and wandering through the woods. My daughter was thrilled. She had the best time because these were two people with common interests enjoying them. I love nature and I love my daughter, but spending the entire day looking at the veins on this leaf versus that one, yeah, I'm just, I'll do it, but <laughs> I'm not going to have that passion about it that my sister-in-law does. So right. stop asking, what do you want? And start thinking about, you know, things that people do for people and Involve your kids in any way you can in thinking about other people. I We don't probably have time to um, go into a lot of examples of that. Right. But a couple of quick ones are anything charitable that they can do, whether it's collecting pop cans to get money to donate or helping out a neighbor, you know, raking leaves there, visiting a grandparent and just spending the day with them, mm-hmm. um, anything, anything where they're focused on someone else. And making gifts for people is a great way to do that. And it doesn't have to be hard. Um, I will tell you guys, I, I have a Pinterest board. It's uh-huh. Pinterest.com slash happy holidays. And do not be fooled. It's not all about Christmas. It has stress relief, time savers, all kinds of things. But there's a board on there, um, DIY and crafty. And on there, I mark down and, and save simple things that people can make. We make a lot of gifts from there. So if you're looking for things to do, you know, help them make some, some gifts for people. And you do it, too. Don't just have them do it. You do it. You make some gifts for people. And then they start valuing it. As kids, they go, oh, my gosh, this is important. Mm-hmm. You know, homemade gifts are really more valued. It's not just something they tell the kids to do. I love it. I love it. I wish we had more time because you, it's just it's, – it's a lot of good information. It's very relevant to what's going on in our society today. Um, it's vital that we take this time to to you guys to do some of the stuff that Sandy is saying here because it's going to really make a very very Im- um, impactful beneficial opening to your life. It's going to move you along so that you don't get stuck in the the dull and dread of oh my gosh I'm I'm failing again with my New Year's resolution. It's it's. It's going to be enlightening when you do the exercise with the post-it notes or just putting your calendar up and out so you can see it. 
all of this stuff that she explained and she discussed on the show today is really going is really geared to help you eliminate, basically reduce and eliminate stressors from your life that you put upon yourself at the beginning of the year. And so we want you to have a blissful life. We want you to have optimal health and wellness. And we don't want you to become a victim of the stress conditions of disease and illness. And so with that, Sandy, can you just tell the guests, I mean, the listeners really quick in about 15 seconds how they can reach out and touch you and get more of you? The easiest thing to do is go to the website that is my name. It's www.sandyfowler.com. There are links to all sorts of things that I do there as well as a free gift where you can get an audio about living your extraordinary life. Oh, I love it. Okay, you guys, again, you should take this up. If you want to get more of Sandy or want to work with her or get her free gifts because she's got them on this site, you want to go to www.sandyfowler.com. And Sandy is S like Sam, A, N like no, D, Y, F like Frank, O, W, L-E-R.com, and you can go and find out a lot more about Sandy, how you can reach out and touch her, how you can get her free gifts, how you can, you know, potentially work with her and have her help you to have a stress-free life. And so, yes. Uh, Real quick, if anyone does actually want, you know, if they want to work one-on-one with me and they contact me in January, you can do it via email. Just put Blissful Living. Oh, great. Idle, and I will give you a significant discount. We can do like half off of a snapshot consulting session, which walks through these kinds of things. Oh, beautiful, you guys. So here it is, the new year, and you're still getting gifts. It's that, <laughs> and, and, and we're not expecting anything in return. She's still giving you a gift. So with that, I want to thank you, Sandy, for being a guest on the show. You can learn again more about Sandy at sandyfowler.com. Um, and also, if you want to work with her, send her an email, put in Blissful Living, and you will get a, a, a wonderful gift. And I'm going to just say thank you for listening to Blissful Living. It's always my pleasure to bring you these phenomenal guests that I have and this wealth of information. You know it is my my sincere passion to help you guys have a, have optimal health and wellness by eliminating or reducing by reducing or eliminating stress from your life. And so it's just it just warms my heart to share my guests with you. And so with that I'm going to close out the show. Be sure to tune in for next week's show. We'll have another phenomenally fabulous guest because I'm the queen of feeling fabulous and that's how I roll. And uh I'm going to close it saying, as always, I wish you peace to your mind wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. I am Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, and you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, stress-free day. Take care and, and chat with you next week. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.